0: Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to episode number 23 of the Building Strength Podcast. So in today's episode, I'm going to go over my own training and my nutrition, what I've been doing for the last six months or so, and what I've been doing in the more recent weeks also I've got a couple of good questions from Instagram so I'll address those towards the end so we're gonna have a nice episode number 23 I hope you guys checked in into episode number 22 last week regarding personal finances and getting your money right I would love to hear any feedback you have If any, any comments, anything. As always, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for checking in. If you're listening on iTunes, please drop a review. It goes a long way. So, I want to talk about my own training and my own nutrition. Because I get a lot of questions regarding how my training is going. How my nutrition game is going. So thank you guys for checking in on me, making sure I have my shit right. So in terms of training, I just finished up 24 weeks with my coach, Alex Tavares. He's a beast and he really put me through the through the motion that didn't that didn't even make sense, so let's just scrap all that so I've been I trained 24 weeks with Alex Tavares Um, that was online coaching so he would prepare the program for me for the week's workouts I would do them provide feedback and he would hit me with the next week's progressions and this helped me a ton Um, I'm no longer working with him it's been about three weeks but he really helped me get on track With my own training. Because six months ago, I didn't really have my training in place. It wasn't great. I didn't have a good flow. I didn't have a good routine going. And I remember one day I woke up. It was a Saturday. I woke up, you know, regular time, 6 a.m. And I shot him a message that day. I was like, fuck it. We're signing up. I'll e-transfer you the money right now. Set me up for next week. And even then, like I signed up and even the first six to eight weeks were kind of a struggle. I was just getting back into training. Um, I had had like a really bad month before that. So the first six to eight weeks took me a while to get into. But from week nine to week like 2022 went really well. Um, I had a really good time. He taught me a lot in terms of different progressions, different rep schemes, different exercises. Um, So overall, it was really worth it. Um, That I saw as like an investment into myself, um, into my own experience and expertise, because I came out of that experience with a lot. Um, I learned a lot from what he had me doing that I can now transfer to my own clients and yeah overall I had a great time I just learned a whole bunch um so fast forward to about three weeks ago actually let's rewind so initially with Alex I was training four days a week and I told them like N- my number one priority is time so I didn't want to be in the gym more than an hour um, this was including warm-up this included the lifting and then including the cool down and conditioning so he he was able to help me out with that a lot um, he pushed the pace the rest times were short lots of supersets just going in there warming up banging out all the lifts doing some hard conditioning and then walking out so that's How I've been rolling for the last six months. I train four times a week. And it's about an hour max. Like I'll walk into the gym. And say it's today. I walked into the gym. It was. I believe 10.15. And. I said I'm going to be out of here by 11. So I got my warm ups done. I got a couple lifts in. And then I walked out. Um, So that's. For me, that's my top priority right now, just like keeping the workouts short, feeling really good about doing the workout itself, feeling good about training, and then leaving and feeling good. So now let's fast forward to three weeks ago. So now I'm on my own. I What Alex really helped me with, I don't think he intended to, but this is something I needed for myself where I got the desire to lift heavy back again because for a while i was like i don't really feel like lifting heavy Uh, my knee was bugging me my wrist was bugging me and i wasn't i really just wasn't feeling like heavy barbell lifts and over the course of the 24 weeks i was able to rekindle that fire that passion to just lift heavy Um, so right now i'm on a very simple program I'm using the 531 scheme, the Jim Wendler's 531. I'm using that for my main lift. So, let me just give you an example of what I did today. I went in, I did conventional deadlifts. I warmed up, over warmed up to 405 for 1 and then I backed off to 365. And today was just set for it was a 1 plus week. So, one rep at least, and as many as you can without breaking technique. So I ended up with eight reps there. That was the top set. That was the actual work. And then I went right into sandbag reverse lunges. I held the sandbags in my elbows, um, and I did reverse lunges. I did three sets of ten. That probably took five minutes. And then I did um, TRX rear delt flies three sets at 12, and that was also five minutes. Then I went to, I biked over to the f- soccer field behind my house, and I did two warm-up sets of like maybe 60% running, and then I did three sets of 100% sprints. So I would run down to one end of the field, walk back, run down, walk back. Then I sprinted the next three, and then walked back. And that was it. So overall, about an hour, 15 minutes, maybe an hour. And really, I'm just keeping my training very simple right now. For example, yesterday, I did barbell incline bench. And again, I worked up to a one top set where I repped it out. And with the barbell incline bench, I supersetted this with cable rows, some kind of horizontal rowing. And then I finished off with uh, pushing the prowler. So as you can see, my training, so I'm training four days a week. Each day has a main lift. So right now I'm using barbell incline bench, conventional deadlift, barbell squats and military press. And I just do three exercises right now. Sometimes I'll do four. So I do three exercises. I'll do the main lift. I'll do upper back is every single workout. Some kind of upper back. Some days it's heavier. Some days it's lighter. Like today I did the TRX rear delt flies. So that's light. I'm setting myself up for the next workout where I'll go a little heavier. Something like barbell rows or V-grip rows or heavy dumbbell rows. So I always do some kind of upper back work. Whether that's something simple like face pulls or... Rear delts, um, any kind of horizontal rowing, and then I'll always sneak in pull-ups. Like if I'm doing my squats, I might warm up with, I might do 10 pull-ups between every warm-up set. So say I have four to five warm-up sets. By the time I get to my top set of squats, I will have done 40 to 50 pull-ups. So it's just um, I'm being efficient, really getting in there, warming up, flowing. Get that mobility flow going, get whatever area I need to warm up, warm and ready to go. And then, boom, I jump right into it. So, really, three exercises, four max. And what I've also been doing to finish off the workout is some kind of finisher. Today was sprints, um, and I didn't go too ham because it was my first time in a long time. So, I didn't want to overdo it. Yesterday was the sled. The day before that was um, heavy med ball cleans with the 100-pounder. I would pick it up off the ground, throw it up to my shoulder, put it back down, and repeat. So I'm recap of my training. I'm doing one big lift, some kind of upper back work, another exercise that will supplement whatever I'm doing that day so maybe some hamstrings um, more upper back some large move and then I'll do some conditioning some core and that's it so an hour I go 45 minutes to 60 minutes sometimes if I'm only doing three exercises I'll get it done in half an hour and that's just the way it is for me right now I'm really enjoying it again as I said time is my top priority So I'm going in there, getting it in, and walking out. And I honestly feel really good right now. Um, That's a combination of... It's really a combination of everything. My training, my nutrition, um, relationships, just the overall balance of life, right? It's really good right now, and it has been good for a while now. So with the, with the training, I plan to train like this for a while. Um, with Alex, I was able to put on some of, some of my size back and a little bit of my strength back. Actually, the strength came up a lot. And now I'm just hoping to, or I'm not hoping, I'm working towards increasing my main lifts again. Getting strong, getting brutally strong. Getting back into better shape, like better conditioning. And that's already been coming up over the course of the last three, four weeks. Um, And just feeling good. And I've been a lot more jacked in the past. I've been a lot stronger in the past, but I've never felt this good from a holistic standpoint. Um, And I feel really good. And I'm going to attribute a lot to that, a lot of that to my nutrition. As well as my overall life balance. So, in terms of nutrition, I get a lot of questions regarding nutrition. I don't really follow any specific kind of diet. Excuse me. In terms of nutrition, I'm all about whole foods. You guys know this, I'm all about eating real food. So, I basically, when I do groceries, I just minimize the amount of things I'm buying that come in boxes, that come prepared. Things that you can like microwave and things that when you look at the ingredients, if there is like 50 different ingredients, that's not real food. So I place a large emphasis on whole foods, lots of vegetables, lots of fruits, and protein. So a sample day of eating, again, I don't eat breakfast. Most days I don't eat breakfast. Unless I wake up hungry, I'm not going to eat breakfast. And then, so I usually start my day with some kind of lunch, like 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., that area. And the, my main meals always look the same. There's some kind of vegetable. There's some kind of protein source. And there's some kind of carbohydrate source, and I have two to three of those meals a day, depending on how I feel. And on top of that, I usually have one or two fruit shakes. Um, I'll tell you what I put into that, those later. So I have some shakes, and then I might have some snacks. I usually snack on pitas and hummus, or I'll buy ice cream sandwiches, or ice cream in general is what I go for if I'm going to stray away from the Whole Foods. And I do stray away from the Whole Foods a lot. Not a lot, but like maybe 10% of my diet. McDonald's apple pies. Late at night, you're driving home, there's a McDonald's right in my backyard. McDonald's apple pies. Two of them. Fucking fantastic. Uh, McDonald's uh, fudge sundae. Also fantastic. So 90% of my diet, 90% of my nutrition comes from whole foods, real food. And then 10% will come from snacks. um, Things that I enjoy. Things that will keep me sane. Chinese takeout is another good one. Um, All about the Chinese takeout. So in terms of my main meals, a vegetable source. For me, my vegetables, my vegetable sources are yellow and green beans, edamames, bok choy, uh, sometimes broccoli, and beets I'll do as well. So those are like my main ones. So yellow and green beans, edamames, bok choy, broccoli, and beets. And I'm, right now I'm growing in my backyard some kale and some Swiss chard. So I do plan to add more leafy greens into my nutrition. That's something I'm missing. So those are my vegetable sources. In terms of protein sources, I'm a big fan of red meat. So steak. Steak is the number one. If I could eat steak all year, I'd like every single day, I would do it. So steak is my number one. Um, ground beef is pretty good too I throw that into the mix I really enjoy chicken thighs Um, chicken breast is okay I'll have it out of necessity and pork chops are okay as well I I've learned to enjoy the pork chops too so really any kind of meat protein I enjoy fish but in terms of a price from a price standpoint it's a little more expensive than the meat proteins and what that usually I'll have two kind of protein sources on the go I'll have um, right now I have chicken breasts and chicken thighs. Um, next week I'll probably go back into the steaks and another source just so I don't get bored and just so yeah really just so I don't get bored and usually what dictates these things is, Sales, whatever, grocery store. Maybe last week, chicken breast was on sale and chicken thighs. That's why I'm having it this week. Um, the flyers, new flyers start tomorrow. So I really just shop the sales. Whatever um, meat protein is on sale, whatever animal protein is on sale, I'll buy it and I'll eat that. And then in terms of carbohydrates... I just do white rice or sweet potatoes. I have a lot of grains in my shelves that I just haven't prepared. I do want to throw more of those into the mix but currently it's just white rice and sweet potatoes. So those are, that's like a sample of my current meals. Some kind of vegetable, some kind of meat, and some kind of carbohydrate. Very simple. Um, And because I only eat two to three of those meals, the meals are pretty large. They're going to range from anywhere from 800 calories to 1500 calories. So what I've been doing for the last three weeks for my nutrition, which is why I think I feel so good. First of all, I no longer have a coffee upon waking up. So I've talked about my morning routine um, and I think this is a really big part of why I feel so balanced, why my energy levels throughout the day are so stable most of the time. So I wake up, I have two glasses of water, I jump in the shower, I get a cold, I do a regular shower and then at the end of it I finish off with cold water just blasting on my body. 30 30 breaths and what the water what the consuming water does is it hydrates you from that night of sleep and then what the cold shower does is that it wakes you up the adrenaline gets going and in addition with the breathing I find that it creates the same effect as a cup of coffee would it's probably better actually because I jump out of the shower and I'm awake So sometimes I'm still tempted to have a coffee just out of habit and coffee is fucking amazing. But um, I try my best to refrain from having one because I don't want to have a coffee first thing in the morning just so I can feel normal. You know what I mean? So that's something I've been doing and it's working out well. And then later on in the day, I'll have a coffee, maybe two. I try not to go over two nowadays. Like I used to drink a lot. Four, five. So just one or two coffees now. And I try to have it in a strategic time spot. Because because of the line of work for coaching. My first session starts at 6 a.m. I'm there till about 9 a.m. And then I, I have this huge break. And then I start again from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. So my energy levels have to be managed well. And you do this through your nutrition, through um, your consumption of whatever liquids. So just in order to last that day better, um, I've been managing my caffeine a little better. I'm making use of cold water i'm making use of drinking water um to keep my energy levels well and to keep my energy levels high sorry guys my english has been totally off the last week i'd say i just can't seem to put together the words that i want to put together so caffeine is a big thing that i've changed up i no longer have one straight away in the morning and another thing I've been taking note of is my carbohydrate intake during the day. So, what I mean by that is that I try before 2 p.m., I try not to consume too much carbohydrates because it jacks up the insulin levels, uh, your blood glucose is jacked up. And then, excuse me, inevitably there's some kind of crash, like an energy crash. So I found that if I consumed carbohydrates too early in the day, that I would crash around 2 to 3 p.m., 4 p.m. And I need to work from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. So that kind of affects my energy levels. So what I've been doing is I've been minimizing my carbohydrate intake. Early on in the day, and then I'll have a little more carbohydrates towards the end of the day. And this works well because I usually work out or train in the afternoon anyway. So the carbohydrates after training and then before my evening clients gives me that energy to do a great job, basically. So a little higher in the fats and, and protein some carbohydrates throughout the day and then just a lot more carbs at the end of the day. In terms of tracking macronutrients currently and for the last two months I've been loosely tracking my, my macros. For me it's more of an accountability thing because I'm someone who under eats I can totally get away with one meal a day Like, that's fine for me. But in terms of making gains, in terms of getting stronger, that's not going to work. So for me, tracking on MyFitnessPal just helps me know that I ate enough that day. And again, I'm not really, I don't have many goals in terms of how much macronutrients I'm taking in. The only number I kind of look at is the protein. As long as I get 120 grams of protein, I'm pretty happy with that. And over the course of the last two months, my fats are generally over 100 grams of fat. um, Because that's the good life. And my carbohydrates range from anywhere from 250 to 400, depending on the day, right? Depending on how much I snack. So that's my nutrition right now. Um, I feel really good. It feels fantastic. So in terms of today, it's 12.30 p.m. right now, Wednesday. I was up at 6 a.m. I haven't eaten anything yet. I've had one coffee. I trained. And now I'm recording this podcast. I'm probably going to eat a big meal after this. And then have a shake later on as well so that's my current nutrition that's my current training and my current nutrition again I feel really good right now Um, this might be the best I've ever felt from a holistic standpoint I know what I've been doing that's contributed to this overall feeling of wellness and I'm going to continue what I'm doing So really, at the end of the day, you got to find what works for you. Like, someone might look at my training and be, and say, what the fuck, you call that training? Well, one thing I've realized over the last couple weeks is that you don't have to explain yourself to anyone. As long as you know what you're doing, and it's working for you, and you feel good, you don't have to explain shit to anyone. But let me explain. <laughs> so my training, um, I know, it's only. I'm only doing three exercises. I'm only doing four exercises. I'm only training 45 minutes, four times a week. But after that 30-minute workout, after that 40-minute workout, that's enough work and there's enough intensity involved that I train my nervous system... I elicit that hormonal response, that, that endorphin rush that feels good, right? And after a 30-minute session, if I walk out of there feeling good, I'm really happy about that. Like, I feel good. I feel good enough to go home, take care of whatever needs to be taken care of, or um, go take care of my family, or go train more clients. That just, it just feels good. So overall, and this is always something I've been saying, you got to find what works well for you. And what works well for you is always going to change. This might work well for me right now, but a year from now, it might be different. But that's fine. It's all part of the game. One thing I forgot to mention. Yes, I train four days a week, but I move seven days a week. For at least 10 minutes, I am moving whether that's playing sports um, going out to play basketball riding my bicycle or just um, doing mobility flows the mobility flows that i post up on instagram that's my movement practice so seven days a week some kind of movement now let's move into some i a i've got two really good questions today Actually, I'm going to check the Instagram right now, see if anyone else hit me up with any questions. Nope. All right. We're rolling with two questions today. So, number one, Scott asks, what are your thoughts on eating unhealthy foods for the purpose of making gains? I have no I have an idea of what your thoughts are, but I figure I'd ask for the podcast. Thank you, Scott. What are my thoughts on eating unhealthy foods for the purpose of making gains? The answer is always it depends. Um I Yes, the answer is always it depends. I know what Scott looks like. And I've got a couple of clients where I'm like, yeah, you should definitely go eat some McDonald's because I know they don't eat enough. So again, it comes back to the individual, their needs, what they look like right now, um, and their goals. So yeah, some of you might benefit from eating McDonald's. Some of you might benefit from eating an XL pizza. It really depends on your goals and what you're currently um, looking like and feeling like. Because if someone's got, if someone's carrying a bit ex a bit of extra body fat, like they're over sixteen percent body fat, eating crappy food just to add more weight might not be the best option. But if you're pretty lean and you're trying to get a little bigger trying to get a little stronger a little bit of fast food is not going to do too much damage depending on how frequently you're eating it so if you're talking about eating mcdonald's every day or a pizza every day that's not going to be that great you're not going to end up looking that great, and you're also not going to feel that great. And another thing to look at is the state of your current nutrition. Okay, if you have your nutrition 100% down, like you're eating, you said you're trying to make gains, you're trying to gain weight, you're trying to get stronger. So you better already be eating three to five meals of rice, protein, and vegetables. And crushing it so it should already be pretty clean and if you think that eating pizza or eating McDonald's is going to be an easy way around doing the work cooking the food eating the food washing the dishes buying the food if you think eating fast food is going to be an easier way to do it you're wrong I know I said that the answer is always that it depends, but now as I go through this a little bit more in my head, eating pizza and eating McDonald's is not the greatest option. I would prefer having someone put time into getting their nutrition right. Eating a quality three to five, three to six meals a day. And then seeing what the results are. But here's the thing. If you're already doing that, if you're 100% locked into your nutrition and you're still not gaining weight, then yes, maybe some McDonald's and some pizza will help you. But if you don't have your shit locked in, then no. It's... you. you might think it's an easy way around getting your shit locked in, but it's not. So, second question from my boy Alex. So he trains with his boy, and they train with me. Um, and his his homie was asked. His homie was wondering why his workout was different than Alex's. And he asked, do you think that you could explain how you create workouts for people of different needs and abilities? Okay, great question. Awesome question. I'm going to pull up their training logs right now. So the question is like why they're doing different exercises, basically. Why are they doing different exercises? And over the last month I've really fallen in love with finding the right variation for that individual. And what that means is in I think two podcast epi- podcast episodes ago I mentioned that all of my training is around is built around the six foundational movement patterns so these movement patterns are the patterns that we as humans emulate we adapt to these patterns and these are the patterns we use there's some kind of hip hinging there's some kind of squatting there's some kind of lunging and then there's some kind of pushing pulling and loaded carries so six of them So most of my clients, as I've mentioned before, train full body days. They only train two to three times with me. So everyone's on full body workouts. This makes it really simple for me because my template for full body workout goes like this. We'll do the big move, whether that's a hip hinge or a squat, and then they're going to do an upper body push and pull. And then they'll do a single leg move that will complement that first main move. So if they did squats later on in the workout, they're gonna do one leg Romanian deadlifts, or they're gonna do hip thrusts, something that will complement it, right? And with that single leg work or, comp- or accessory leg work, we do some kind of core, whether that's rollouts, that's farmer's carries, whatever, and then everyone finishes with conditioning. That's the skeleton template. It's gonna change depending on injuries, depending on maybe they went for a 10K run yesterday and we're gonna tailor the leg work today. Uh, Maybe someone needs more upper back work, someone needs more core work, or someone needs more single leg work. So that's what's gonna affect the exercise selection. But in terms of the template, everyone almost does the same thing. So I'm looking at their workouts here. And I have. So Chris. Let me just show you an example of a workout he did. He did trap bar, trap bar deadlifts as the main move. He's doing alternating dumbbell bench press. Super setting with YWTs. And then he does one leg Romanian deadlifts and rollouts. And then he finished off with some sled work. And now Alex did front squats, Romanian deadlifts, supersetting with dips. He's doing barbell rows, supersetting with hanging leg raises. And he also finished with some sled work. So, as you can see, the, the workouts are very similar. Again, they're just based on the foundational movement patterns. So, let me explain the, the, how I choose the variation for someone. So, for someone like Alex, I gave him front squats. Actually, they've both done front squats. It's just on different days. Um, so front squats because he's a Muay Thai fighter, so the extra upper back work will help. The core work that is involved with front squats will also give him a little more bang for his buck. Also, he's very a very tall individual, so I didn't. We haven't tried to back squat, but I can kind of visualize how a back squat would look, and I don't think they'll be that pretty. So in terms of a coming from a physiological and leverage standpoint, front squats were a better option for him. And then he's doing Romanian deadlifts um, as his accessory leg work as well as dips. Um, and for Chris, why I didn't have him doing the last couple of weeks that we haven't done any heavy rowing, because he's like he's had a sh- an elbow injury from holding pads. So heavy rowing was kind of out of the question. So we've been crushing YWTs, lots of time under tension. We've been doing a lot of face pulls. Just doing what we can while he recovers that elbow, right? So really how I pick someone's variations. It's gonna base it's gonna be based on their mobility levels, their how stable they are, how well they move basically, what ranges they have access to, what ranges they don't have access to. So for example, I just got a new client last week and we're working on goblet box squats. So she's doing goblet squats but to a box. And that's because when she does a free squat without the box, as she gets to that bottom portion, she loses her core and her upper back. So she doesn't have that stability yet. Um, that will come with time as she practices more. So if I were to give her, get her to do free squats, because of her lack of stability and mobility the reps are not going to be great the quality of reps will be quite low and by having someone just continue to do that pattern over and over and over again it's going to grind away at their joints Um, her brain will tell her body that that is the proper way to squat and then it's just going to take that much longer to reverse that effect so we start her off properly with goblet squats to the bench everything is 100% crisp she's bracing properly she's learning how to sit back learning how to track her knees where the knees and the hips should be going and then learning how to drive up with power so we'll work on that and as she gets her mobility as her mobility increases as her stability improves when we actually do the regular squat the regular goblet squat with no bench she's going to crush it because she already knows what she's doing so picking the right variation is key for the person another example is i had my sister doing barbell squats a couple months ago and we tried it out for a little bit and It just wasn't clicking, whether it was like her ankle mobility or her hip mobility or whether it was just the fact that we put something on her back and now suddenly everything was really weird for her. Her hips were shifting a lot and I had to tell her like we're not doing barbell squats right now. We need to find a better variation for you right now. So we moved into landmine squats very similar to goblet squats but the landmine feels great and as I observed her doing landmine squats there was no hip shift at all it looked very comfortable it looked very good and at first she was upset because now she was landmine squatting 20 pounds when she was barbell squatting 120 pounds so she thought how am I going to make the gains Um, because I'm only squatting 20 pounds now and The weight is different because it's a different lift. It's a different variation of the same movement pattern. So they're both squats, but the landmine squat is more conducive to her mobility levels. And what you have to think about is, is this person going to get the same training effect by doing landmine squats as they are If they were to do barbell squats, if the answer is yes, then that's fine. And yes, she is going to get the same effect from doing landmine squats. And what I mean by a training effect is, is she going to have to work for it? Is she um, patterning the proper movement patterns? Um, Basically, is it going to provide her with enough of a challenge? That her body is forced to adapt. And then it's forced to adapt, you recover, you come back stronger, and you just repeat that cycle. So, in terms of achieving a training effect, that's what it's all about. So, for someone who maybe someone's not able to, so Alex, for example, we initially tried to do the trap bar. And because of his leverages, it was a really weird lift. So I said, you know what? Fuck it. We're not going to do trap bar. Um, Let's do Romanian deadlifts instead. Almost the same move. Just very little or no quad involvement with the Romanian deadlift. But you're still strengthening the hips, strengthening the glutes. Working the posterior chain. The Romanian deadlift is the lift for you. Let's get stronger here. Another The other deadlift variation we do is a rack pull. So we set the bar just under his knees, he gets nice and tight up top, and locks it out. Again, he's not getting the full lift, but that's fine because we can train the quads in other ways. So again, if the barrier of entry, it's all about finding which move has the least amount of least, basically the, the, Jesus Christ, I can't, see, as I said, can't talk, basically find the move that has the least amount of barrier of entry, that didn't make any sense, but you guys know what I'm talking about now, so if we're, if I'm gonna force this guy to do back squats, and we have to do like 30 minutes of mobility work, just so he can get under the bar, that's not worth it. Why would I do that if we could do, if we could bang out goblet squats in 15 minutes and then move on to do Romanian deadlifts for another 15 minutes? That's a better bang for the buck. That's a better option. So, this is something I'm just learning to perfect. Finding the right variation for the person, whether they're injured, whether their other training or activity affects how they're feeling that day, there always needs to be another variation that they can do in order to achieve the training effect that they're looking for. So I hope that answered that question. Why in my small group environment, someone might be doing push-ups while someone might be doing dumbbell bench. And sometimes it's not even about mobility levels. Sometimes I have someone do push-ups for three weeks. They make progress on it. And then let's move into flat dumbbell bench. Because as you can see, that's still an upper body push movement. Then we um, progress on dumbbell bench. And then maybe in three weeks, we'll do one arm dumbbell incline bench. Another three weeks, maybe we'll do a shoulder press. So sometimes it's as simple as, okay our programming just didn't line up. Like you already did push-ups the last block of training and now this person's doing push-ups this block of training. So yes it will depend on the individual but sometimes it's as simple as me just rotating through different variations of lifts. I do this to keep things fresh And I do this to educate my clients. I'm always aiming to provide them with as much experience and knowledge so that they're comfortable doing all of this on their own. Say for example, someone trains with me and it's for, say, six months of training. Over the course of six months of training, that's 18 weeks, nope, that's 24 weeks. And say every three weeks, I do a different variation. At the end of that six months, they're going to know eight different variations of pushing, pulling, hinging, um, lunging, and loaded carries. Like I just provided them with eight different variations. Now they know how each one works, how they can execute each one. And when to use each one like I tell people all the time if we're deadlifting and then we do Romanian deadlift right after that too maybe it's not the best option to do barbell rows after that because again the spine's going to be on the line for all three moves maybe on that day you need to program a chest supported row or a pull-up or a TRX row something where the spine is not so involved So just learning how to select your exercises. Make sure that you're not hitting too much of one thing in one workout. So that you can stay healthy, stay injury free, stay pain free, and continue to train. So I hope I was able to answer those questions. If you guys have any follow up questions, please hit me up. Just message me. Hit me up on Instagram and I hope I was able to pass on some good knowledge about what I'm currently doing for my training, what I'm doing for my nutrition, how my morning routine has helped me find a lot more balance in my life. And then if you're wondering whether unhealthy foods will help you make gains, the answer is it depends. But not really and then I hope I was able to go a little more into depth about how I choose variations for people why people's programs will differ as always thank you for listening thank you for working with me through my not so great English (laughs) and Again, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please do. If you like these episodes, please share it with your buddies. Share it with your homies that train, that have similar questions as you do. And drop a review on iTunes, because it helps me a ton. Until next time, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. And peace!